Heavenly Father. We need the help of heaven. For I know in my heart of hearts that I'm not capable of presenting accurately your word. I know, Father, that heaven will answer the cry of help. And so I appeal to you, Father, for the aid of heaven in delivering this message. And bless those who will hear. For I pray in Jesus' name. The word war. It should fill us with horror. It is associated with that which is most horrible and in most instances disastrous. When we think of war and we think of the bombs falling and the victims being incinerated and burned. We think of the shots being fired and the bodies falling. David in Psalm 68:30 said this, O God, scatter the people who delight in war. Who can describe or who has words sufficient to describe the wretchedness, the woe and the wailing war has produced on our The earth is filled with the blood of those who have lost their lives in war. Did you know in World War II, no less than 37 million people's people perished? This includes the different effects the war had on the lives of the people involved in the war, the food shortages, the famine, the disease. But one thing we know, that so long as sin exists in this conflict, so long as sin exists in this world, this conflict is going to continue. That there will be war and rumors of war, misery and suffering. The first war the Bible talks about. So let's turn to the book of Revelation. Chapter 12, verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. War broke out in heaven in a perfect place. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The beginning of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. The only thing that can explain what is going on in this world is that we are caught in a crossfire. 
between the angels of heaven, between the forces of heaven and the forces of hell. John chapter 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus calls him a liar and a murderer. He spread his falsehoods in heaven among the angels and took a number of them with him. And they were cast out to this earth. In the very first lie, let's turn to it. Genesis chapter 3. Verses 15 and 16. I'm sorry, it's five and six. What did my notes say? I'm sorry. Because <laughs> uh, three, it's my notes say three, 15, and 16. Um, but that's not what I wanted to read. I'm reading verses four and five of chapter two. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan comes over with a lie. Remember we said he is the father of lies and a murderer. The first lie that Satan, in his war on earth, told the inhabitants of the earth was that you have an immortal soul. He has been using this with quite amount of success ever since. For if we believe that we have an immortal soul, and the Bible declares that only God has immortality, if we believe, what avenue have we opened up for the devil to come in and deceive us? And I wouldn't be surprised that as time marches on, that people will be seeing their dead ones coming to them in visions of the night and telling them that they were wrong and that they should follow the different way and a different thing that's contrary to the word of God. But if we know the truth of what happens when we pass away, we will not be deceived. This was the beginning of man's conflict with the prince of darkness. But if we have a war, war also implies that there are enemies, just as there were the Axis and the Allies in World War II, Vietnam, forget what they were called. <laughs> I know we had the 
communist regimes coming through and causing war with the United States in Vietnam. We have enemies, and Satan is our chief enemy. He is the general of the evil forces. We have fallen angels or spirits in the air. And Satan will look at our carnal nature and use it as one of his channels of destruction. Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. Cycle of love is writing. Verse 15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then he breaks down what is in the world and what is the origin or, or what is the very basis of all sin. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we have the trinity of evil here, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And none of those things come from heaven, but from the father of lies. And because we're born on this earth and born in sin, this is our nature. This is our carnal nature. And it's what he attacks and uses to destroy us primary weapons, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. The battlefield. Every conflict has a battlefield. I remember traveling down to Virginia, and they had plaques in several places. This was a battlefield in the Civil War. 1860. And often they would dig up the shells of the armies and they would display them. And if you could also buy some of the artifacts that they had there. But the battlefield for us is our own hearts. Satan wants to battle for our hearts. He wants to take us down with him. He has great wrath because he knows his time is short. He knows the Bible. He's read it. He knows what God is going to do. He knows he's not going to win. In fact, he's lost already. Calvary forever sealed his doom, but it doesn't stop him from trying. He wants to take your heart which the Bible declares is deceitful and wicked above all things. Yet, our heart is unregenerate. That is an accurate description. Satan wants to destroy you. 
wipe out your memory. He's not playing. And so often and so many times, you know, we come, we come to church and and I, I've seen this through all the years that I've been to church. You know, we, we come to church one day a week. And we play church as a children play house. We somehow think that that's enough. And Satan will have it that way. He's happy when we play church. But when we wake up and we realize that our very souls are at stake, when we wake up and realize that we have not loved him as we ought, when we wake up and realize that we have not spent a day in prayer, a moment in prayer. When we wake up and we realize and, we, and when we repent and we come to Jesus just as we are. And he wants us to come to him just as I am. Just as we are. Stained with sin. Disfigured. From the effects of the war. Don't let anything hold you back from coming to Jesus. The weapons that he gives us are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. What are our weapons? Well, we have the word of God. The word of God instructs us. The word of God teaches us. The word of God reproves us. And when we approach it, we should approach it humbly and in prayer. I'm not capable of understanding it. I'm not capable of rightly dividing it. Rightly interpreting the word of God. I'm going to get it wrong. I look at it through clouded eyes. But when I approach the word of God. And I open it and humbly say. Lord teach me. What do you have for me. In your word today. Lord, help me. Help me to understand this. Show me the meaning of it. And the Lord will give me an answer. And the Lord will give you an answer. Our weapons of our warfare. The word of God. Pure and holy. A two-edged sword piercing even down to the marrow of the bone, it says. The word of God. Read it in the light of the cross. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Old Testament, it all points to Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the earth. Jesus, the one who loved you, the one who loved me. He loves us just as we are, but loves us too much to leave us just as we are. He will take you, he will take whatever problem you may have. Your fingers may be tobacco stained. Your breath may have alcohol on it. You may have drug problem. Doesn't matter. Jesus says, come to me. 
Come to me. I will not cast you out. He says, I love you and I want you. Come to me just as you are. And I will cleanse and make you whole. The weapons of our warfare. Jesus is our general. And he will give us the weapons that we need. He will give us the whole armor of God. You wear God's armor. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation. Let's take the whole armor of God. And by earnest prevailing prayer, you ever struggle with God in prayer? Are you like Jacob, wrestling with God in prayer? Are you struggling with sin? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are you struggling with a problem that's too big for you? And I don't know about you, but most problems are too big for me. And every time I try to fix it, I make it worse. When will I ever learn? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can't sleep at night. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Use that time to spend in prayer. Open up God's word. Read it. Spend time in prayer over that verse. That gives Satan a headache. Earnest, prevail in prayer. I think that's the number one thing feared more by Satan than any, any other effort by Christians. For in it, the power of heaven. Power of prayer. Yes, we're in a war of wars. We're in a war known as the Great Controversy. And yes, there's going to be casualties. Yes, there's going to be people maimed. But come to Jesus maimed. Come to Jesus just as you are. His arms are outstretched. And he's looking for you. I want to close just with a short story. It happened in 1934. It's about a young Prince Edward. He made a visit to a small hospital. And in this hospital were 36 injured and disfigured veterans of the First World War. And there they lived. Prince Edward went to each cot, shook hands with each veteran, and spoke words of encouragement. And as he was finished, he was conducted to the ex exit. But he noticed he only met 29 men. I understood you have 36 patients, he said to the nurse. I've only seen 29. The head nurse explained that the other seven were so shockingly disfigured that for the sake of his own feelings, he had not been taken to see them. 
The prince insisted that he must see them. He spoke to each of them and thanked them for the great sacrifice they had made and assured each that their sacrifice would never be forgotten. Then he turned to the head nurse and said, There are only six men. Where is the seventh? He was informed that no one was allowed to see him. Blind, maimed, dismembered, the most hideous disfigured of them all. He was isolated in a room where he would never leave alive. The nurse said to the prince, please don't ask to see him. But the prince could not be dissuaded. The nurse reluctantly led him into the darkened room. The royal visitors stood there with white face and drawn lips, looking down at once at once, who had once been a fine man, but now was a horror. Then the tears broke out, and with a lovely impulse, the prince bent down and reverently kissed the cheeks of the broken war hero. There is one who has stooped far, far lower to kiss a far, far worse ugliness, not the physical disfigurement of a broken hero whose brokenness called forth reverent gratitude, but the leprous, evil ugliness of corrupt sinners and the hard rebels against infinite love. He loved us when we did not love him. He came to this earth, took on the form of a man, became a man. He who was perfect in all his ways, he who was worshipped and adored by heaven, came and came to this earth. <clears throat> and went into the, into the worst battle ever. The battle at Calvary. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Why? I can't understand it. But because he loved you, because he loved me, because he loved those who even nailed, put the nails in his hands. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Bible says it this way. He who has no sin, he who had no sin, literally became sin for us. He became that broken lamb of God so that we may live. Yes, we're in a war of wars. But our general is Jesus. And as the song says, he has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never sound retreat. And if you let him, if you let him, if you cooperate with his efforts, if you spend that time in prayer, just as you are, he will give you the victory. He will change your heart. He will change your mind. He will transform it. And what you are not, he will make you. He's never sounded retreat. And he's never lost a war. And he never will. So I invite you to give them your heart today. Put aside the things of this world. Let's not play Christians. Let's not play church. But let's come to him with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. And let's love him for who he is. The God who loved you and gave himself for you.